Warning, the content in this podcast contains some explicit language which may be offensive to some listeners and may be inappropriate for children. Therefore, the content in this podcast is intended for a mature audience only. So, would you fall in love with hip hop? Right here, what we're gonna do is go back. Way more but also, I think that they also are 
further along this. So this, that gives you hope because they're recognize they're a little bit further down the line from when we talk about oppression and things. Yeah. They're they're much more further from oppression and they're they're they have some privilege. Yeah. They have some ability to you know, they have parents who are trying to figure out like you gotta remember that like we're we're like that generation right above the parents that came out of the sixties, right? Yeah. And so then we have those parents. And then they have the parent like they have the parents who are coming from like us and up who are giving them the knowledge and the mm-hmm. ability to move forward and the things that we didn't that we weren't given exactly. we're giving them. But yeah. the fact that they're doing it and using it. Yeah. Like I love it. I do too. It's, it's not like they're being raised how we were raised. Yeah. You know? And they going to college too. Right. They're at home. Yes. yes. Right. Where we went a lot of us I don't know a lot of my friends yeah. never had mother and father now. Right. But a lot of them I do. And even them. if they don't, a lot of them still have, have parents in their lives. Both parents yeah. in their lives. Yeah. And so they have that ability to kind of be able to say, like, how my father influenced me and how my mother influenced me and things like that. I love so that. So that makes me feel good that our our culture, our black people, like, we're going in a good direction. We are. Exactly. It gives us some hope. Yeah. It does yeah. give us hope. It does. It does. It does. So but I feel like part of that, like President Obama, I know he gave me hope. He did something for me. Yes, he, he did. Office. Like, he... I don't know, it was just something, like, when he became the president, it was like, wow, like, I can do that, I can be that. You know, yeah, and you just exactly. get that, not that I want to, but you just get that feeling like somebody is possible. Anything is possible, possible. Anything right. is yeah. possible that somebody But think about like that as a kid, because he was a country. little bit of kid. I was a kid. Yeah, right. Like, you were in sixth grade, so at that point, when you see something like that, you're like, my president is black. Like, we didn't get to see that until yeah. adulthood. Right. But they get to see that as kids. Yep. Which gives them hope to be able to say, like he said, you know, even though I couldn't be a rapper, I was able to utilize my voice somewhere. somewhere yeah. How long were you a rapper? Or trying to be a rapper? <laughs> uh, I would say six months. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that was long. That's what I was The song's really good, so. I don't know. That's what I was really good. He said, nah. What did your mama say? Like, did she. Um, like tell you what you wanted to hear or what you needed to hear when you were a rapper. Like, oh, it sounds good when you know it don't. I never uh, played it for her oh, okay. um, because I felt like she was going to just gas me up and not tell me the truth. Um, so I played she for my dad. Yeah, you know. Parents like do that. I'm, yeah. I'm her baby, so I played it for my dad and he'd tell me straight up, nah, it's not it. And that's what he told you? Yeah. <laughs> and then at the time, I lived with all my closest friends. So we all went to high school together, middle school, and we went to college together. So okay. every night, you know, I was playing the music, and it was like, nah, bro, this ain't it. So I was like, no way. I'll just find something else. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the difference. Uh, University of Texas at San Antonio. Okay, that's cool. But All that's right. the difference between mothers and fathers. We don't want to hurt our baby's feelings. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, fathers, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, no, no. I think you need to find He's like, baby, I don't know. I mean, it sounds okay. I don't think you should. You know, we're going to twerk some things. Yeah. <laughs> Generation Z. 
That was gonna be my question too. Um, I think I think one of the main differences is like she said, access to resources. Okay. So for us we grew up with a social media era, having phones at ten years old, it changes your whole life, you know, because if I have a phone at ten years old, I'm able to do certain things and learn a lot faster. Versus millennials played outside all day. Um, but for me, I think I kind of would hang around a lot of millennials. So I was outside every day, all day. Um, I kind of grew up a lot different. Um, you know, and, I, and I think that's the difference. With us, we don't understand a lot of the, the real stuff that goes on inside the communities. We go through the media first before we actually go out and actually do stuff. And I think that's the huge difference. Uh, we have to learn where to put our passion and where to plug in. At. And um, one thing about us, I say we, we are so, I don't want to say copycat, but we do things because it's a trend. We don't really have our hearts into it. Uh, like for everything that's going on right now, um, like I always tell my people, we're going to keep fighting, but we can't just stop because the office is going to get quit. We have to figure out what do we need to change in our communities. So I think that's the major difference between us. Um, but I think we're all honestly the same. Um, honestly, I think we put three, four years off. So it's not too many differences, but you know, I think those are the most important. Two or three years? For millennials? I, I think it's because of 97. No, baby. You almost. Like that. No, baby.
So that's, that's what we got to say. That's you. That's you. I'm not even out of So I guess you wouldn't. Okay. So I guess so you wouldn't really be a millennial. So, so Generation no. so X. Right yeah, now. so the baby okay. boomers are right before um, the Generation X. And then they call them the silent generation. And then the greatest generation. I don't know what the hell makes 1901 to 1924 <laughs> the greatest generation. There, that's questionable. Yeah. But again, well, the silent generation was between 1925 to 19, 1939. Then they didn't have any like name for a generation. Baby boomers are from 1946 to 1964. Generation X is from 
So I have, so I have a question for you. So like, is that a deal breaker for you if a woman knows how to cook or don't know how to cook? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Cause I don't know how to cook. So oh, you need somebody to know how to cook. I just like know how to cook. Um, okay. She have to be like a top chef, but at least bring something to the table. I mean, I can bring something to the table. It just ain't gonna be no turkey and ham. That's fine. I don't eat that. Do your mom? Your, your mom? <laughs> yeah, mom. Yeah, mom. But my dad cooks a lot too. Okay. So, and you don't know that? Nah, it's weird. I don't know how. Cause a lot of my family has like. What do you mean it's weird? So did you? So did you just like not go into the kitchen to learn? Yeah, I just didn't want to learn growing up. Uh, so what? Why can't she be the kind of woman that just didn't want to learn? I don't have a problem with that, but if the two of us can't cook, we can't be eating out every day. Well, so how do y'all learn? learn? I got to learn together. We're going to learn together. Look, uh, Generation Z, the whole internet thing. <laughs> yeah. Or Tasty, they give you step-by-steps. Yeah. Right, Tasty does. Definitely give you step-by-steps. Yeah, I mean, so what if she's willing to learn? Yeah, that's fine. We can do that together. Okay, okay. okay. So do you know how to do laundry? Yeah, She has to, okay. I can do all that. Okay, so you clean house, do laundry. Yeah. All right, so she just needs to learn how to cook. Yeah. Okay, so whoever's trying today, Sebastian, we're going to give you some advice. <laughs> Start learning how to cook now. Okay. Yeah. If, if he's single, we're going to get in his business. Right. Yeah. Unless, okay. Oh, he's single. <laughs> he's single, single. So learn how to cook, and then, and then you know, start building up. Now, we don't want you to give, we don't want to give nobody false hope. So maybe you got to type or something. This <laughs> 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 you might have somebody coming up. Generation Z, the fact that you guys see it, 
and you guys have recognized that this is what it takes. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm proud of that because that makes me feel like I'm I'm raising like I'm that we're instilling into our kids the things that we say. Like even though we've kind of skipped a couple of generations yeah. and maybe the generations didn't really get it right. I'm feeling like through you guys, we're getting it right. You yeah. know, yeah. I have not yet. Like I said, we've had several um, Generation Z's on the podcast that make you feel like we're doing something right. Yeah. yeah. Like we're giving you guys something. Even if we not not necessarily are showing or being the, the best example, we're giving you guys something that allows you guys to catapult through that, that um, through that, or kind of even if, if you guys are finding some inspiration through that, because a lot of the protests are happening through Generation Z. Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of young people. Oh, are. absolutely. Because my daughter is 19 and she's like a strong protester advocate. Mm-hmm. And she's actually supposed to be speaking on the 23rd. Okay. But me, like when I was her age, I would I mean, even now, but even when I was her age, I would probably never do that. Yeah. You but thank God that you are open. Yeah, they're definitely just, more open. Yeah. I mean, they said they the generation of knock if you buck. <laughs> I am not my grandparents yeah, and my yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah. I will knock you out. Like I'm okay with that though. You know, I, I know that that sounds crazy. You know, y'all. Listen, I am the I am full in full support and always have been in full support of Black Panther. Not because you know I think we were fed the wrong narrative mm-hmm. of who the Black Panthers were. Yeah. And what they stood for. And I understand the reason we were given the wrong narrative of who they were. But I do believe, like, their principles. They, what do you mean the wrong narrative? Explain that. Because our interpretation of the Black Panthers might be different. So I was given, or in school, we were, get, we were given, not I was given. Because my mom always told me, yeah. you know, the Black Panthers kept us in our community. They did for us in our community. But in school, we were given that the Black Panthers were violent. Mm-hmm that they were violent uproars, that they were um, bad for the community, that they just wanted to actually helping us and actually they were a voice for our community. Right. And I've always viewed them that way because that's how my mom gave it to me. But when I was in school, you would hear a different narrative. Yeah. What about you? How, how were you taught about the Black Panthers? Uh, so I grew up on Tupac. I'm a big Tupac fan. So I kind of understood, you know, what they were doing and realized yeah. that, the, you know, the media and America wanted to disband them. So I already knew that. A lot of my friends didn't understand that. They thought it was like right. a hate group or something like that. Right. And I was I was taught that they were a hate group. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, in school, I was in taught school. that they were hate group. Yeah, they were probably at home, of course. We yeah. wouldn't have heard that. Yeah. And that's right. What, and I think that's, that's what it that's is. That's the whole factor because most of the things, that's why you got to teach at home. Right. Yeah, that's what you install it in your kids at home, no right. matter what they teach them at school. Right. But that's what I'm saying. I think that's, but some some kids may not necessarily be getting that from home. That's yeah. true. But you like know, he said, music. So basically, it was music that influenced him and right. should be walking. Right. So, I mean, music can have a good influence. But and I think that that's where we have to understand, like, when we start talking about holding our, holding people accountable, I think that what happens is people only hold to Okay, so I'm going to say this. If you're not giving a good message, like Tupac and Biggie, they talked about their stories, but they also gave other sides of the story. Like, this is what it looks like to get out of the hood. This is what it looks like to, or, you know, especially Tupac. Tupac, because his mom was very in, very much a community person. He gave us his backstory, and he was very poetic in the things that he said, although he talked about the violence in the hood. Even Bridget's Got a Baby, like, that song was a good message. Yes. Even though, you know, he was a gangster rapper, but Brenda's got a baby, like, he sat there and told that story, like, this is what girls go through. Yes. You know, and so it's so real. So I got a question for you. So mm-hmm. what was your first rap song about? Oh, uh, it was called Slaves. It was, like, Chains. 
Um, damn, I, I don't really remember the message I was trying to give up. But I was rapping about a bunch of nonsense. Uh, talking about, <laughs> talking about stuff that I didn't do. Uh, you know, you said that you didn't do? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I feel like I didn't do a
You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't necessarily know if I view it like that. But right. you might not necessarily look you like that. I but I do know that people, like, example, like, we always have the discussion about who's the bougie one. Mm-hmm. And that's because it depends on. That don't mean you're not black. No, like it yeah. just means that you can be bougie. But that doesn't like, mean yeah, you're bougie. bougie either. That, that, that just means that you quite the right though to me. But that doesn't make you're not bougie. Black. Okay, so here's we the just thing. say that word, but it doesn't mean you're bougie, and doesn't definitely doesn't take us from being black. Right. But I think that uh, what what happens in our community, and it's, it happens amongst the uh, millennials, people consider that, and and because I've experienced it, people don't consider you. Oh, you're not. Black. You've never experienced anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You've never been through anything. You, your parents weren't like that. You had a two parent home. You haven't been through anything. So it's not saying you're so not it black. Maybe you're not good. But because, like you said, the hood is kind of like the culture. That's what I'm saying. So that's what I mean. Like you're not hood enough. So that means that. So so if that's the black community, if that's what the culture is for black to to define black, then I think a lot of times, and he understand you. You probably understand what I'm saying because there's a lot of that. Well, you weren't raised in the hood, so that means that because you weren't raised in the hood, I'm not black. I still experience what it is to be black, and so. My what I'm saying is we can we have to find a way not to make our kids who who we worked hard for, who we are working to give something in life, not feel like they have to have the hood experience to be black. And so that's what I'm saying. Like no, we have at this point, I think if when we all look at each other, ain't nobody saying you ain't black enough at this point. <laughs> nobody is saying that. Yeah. I guarantee you at this point, right? No one is saying like, mm, yeah, she's not black enough. <laughs> when I look, when somebody, I look at you, look, everybody gonna be black at this point. Right. When I view people as um, not black enough, I mean, I really don't really say that, but if I do view people as not black enough, it's like a black chick that is totally acting like she's not black. You know, acting like a white chick. But so what's, what's, what's acting like you're not... But that's a, maybe it's a mentality thing. It is a mentality thing. And that's what we're not doing. If I knew that, right. I said enough. Yeah, she is black, but, you know, like... If you I mean, like, what's black enough, though? But right. That's Speaking of mentality, I feel like... We didn't do that to ourselves. I think other races did that to us. Very much when we're so. talking to each other, we all talk black. Exactly. No matter where you come from, but if you go right. talk to another race, and when you grew up in this area, so you're like this, or if you grew up in this area, you're like this, yeah. I think other races have put that mentality on us, and we just uh-huh. ran with it. But we ran with it, and a lot of times what happens is, if I'm so, I think a lot of times we push each other out of the community. We don't recognize that we need to be a whole community, even if yeah. you didn't grow up in the hood, even if you grew up with parents who you had a two-parent home, your parents educated you, you went to college, that still makes you black. You still yeah. black. Because even, like, in my workplace, I have been told, oh, management like you because you're light-skinned. No, management like me because I work hard. But, I mean, these are exactly. other black... I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, other black people have said this, or mm-hmm. black person, or whatever. Yeah. But that's just the mentality thing. Mentality, like yeah. you said, it's just how we're taught. It, it goes back to the whole slavery thing. What color they, is they, they, Colorism. They like yeah. me because you're light-skinned, and, and they don't like me because I'm dark-skinned. Like, that's ridiculous. Well, I mean, I, th- I think it's not ridiculous. It, no, it, 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 it is ridiculous. It, 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 but it does exist. And we have to, and that's the thing, like as a culture, like when we start talking about the things that, that exist within our culture, we have to start stopping and addressing the things that we as a culture perpetuate. And so we do perpetuate the idea that if you aren't a certain way, you don't act a certain way, and you do certain things, then you're not black enough. If you talk or articulate yourself and you sound like a white girl, you're not black enough. Yeah. Or if you 
get up, go to work every day, you have had no struggle. If you grew up in a two-parent home, then that meant that you just because your parents weren't missing, then you clearly didn't know what struggle looked like. Black that people, doesn't mean that. Black people, but we are our own worst enemy. And we but, have to get past that. But what struggles have you had, like, as a black man to be in? Because it sounds like you have always probably been smart and had, like, mm-hmm. an entrepreneurial mindset. I don't really think that necessarily just pops up, but it sounds like it's always been in you. Yeah. You know, like, with you being so young and, like, you just, you know, on your shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely struggle with the fact of going to school, a lot of your friends have to grow up faster than you. So, you know, going home, you had, I wouldn't say nice stuff, I don't want to say it like that, but... Certain stuff you had, others didn't have, so you have to grow up with that. Oh, you're not like us, or you're not you're not hood enough, or whatnot. Um, and then you have to struggle with growing up as a as a young black male. You know, I did outside my race and stuff. And my platform that I have, you struggle with a lot because a lot of people want to see black love, black black couple stuff like that. So you have to deal with that as as a black man. You know, how do I navigate that, and how do I overcome that? So there's a lot of things right. I have to struggle with internally, but I think those things make me the man I am today. So I think every every black man is gonna struggle, no matter if you're rich or poor. You're gonna struggle through all life. Uh, life doesn't go that easy if you don't have these problems. But I think it's how you overcome those problems that will make you who you are. Right. I agree. Did you get, like, a lot of, like, like, like dating outside of your race? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. Um, uh, especially from, like, a lot of older people. Um, they they don't like seeing that because um, they, they grew up a certain way. And I understand it, so I, I never get mad at them. But I start to see things differently from a different perspective. But I don't think nobody can love you as, as good as a black woman can. And I don't say this to this any other race, but that's just how I grew up. And that's what I see from my mom and my dad. That's what I want to mimic when I'm married and have kids. That's good. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that's sweet, though. Well, we, have, we talked about that, and we did mention that, like, that there is a talk that people probably should have. And I know that people are against that conversation. But I do think that black men need to understand what it looks like, just like we have to understand what it looks like to deal with the police. They need to understand what it looks like to date outside of the race. And it has to be a real-life conversation. It has to be something that we're really, you know, and I know that a lot of them are like, well, love is love. You know what I'm saying? And I understand it. I understand it 100%. If you truly, truly love this woman, that's fine. But you also need to understand what it looks like to date outside of your race. And because we're dealing in a world that deals with a lot of oppression and deals with a lot of different... um, narratives you have to we need to equip our sons with that because i think a lot of them aren't equipped with that but i'm not against interracial dating yeah. i'm only against against the black men who refuse to date black women yeah, yeah. and only view black women in a different way yeah. if you feel like love is love or i just so happen to fall in love with this person and i done dated this person to me that's a little bit different but like when you single out like an entire race and i don't date black women because they loud and i don't date black women because of this like you you're singling out like an entire of black women like so that i don't like i mean i will but, have like that conversation with not saying that i'm gonna say son i'm gonna ask him my preference is my preference and again this is just for me and my child i will say but i will have that conversation with him where i do want him to marry someone like his mom i don't want you know i don't want him to necessarily marry because it, it, it's a lot that comes along with that yeah you know what i'm saying and it I mean, is a lot that comes along with it, it. it's a whole lot that comes along with it you know, and it's, and you got to be ready for that. You just got to be ready. Now, I would rather him to stick with my cousin. I mean, whatever he chooses, you know, then we'll probably conversate. But I would sit down and have that conversation with him that, you know, I would definitely probably rather him to date inside of his race. 
I mean, and I, and I understand, like I said, I, I, my family, the crazy part is me and my brother and sister are the only, like, we are the only black mama, black father set in our family. Like, my um, aunt has, her children are half Native American because their father was full Native American, and she's black. Um, she's currently married to a white man. You know, that's been her life. She's always dated men outside of her race. Um, I think she's maybe, when I was younger that I can remember, I think she might have brought home one black man. Maybe. Um, my uncle has biracial, biracial kids. Um, his kids are half um, white, half black, you know, and so, um, but I do believe that there's a different struggle. I mean, and, and that's not saying that black Relationships don't have their own struggles. Yes. I do believe that there's a different struggle when it comes to interracial marriages. Yeah. And um, I think that, like, I was talking to somebody yesterday where um, the, the there's a privilege that white women have in, in, in relationships that black women don't necessarily have. And we have to think about, when we think about white privilege, we think about it in jobs. You know, we think about it in society. We don't think about it in relationships. They do have a white privilege. They have a privilege. There are some things they can think about and some things they can do in a relationship that black women just can't think about or don't think about and can't do. Like we have family preservation. We think about keeping our families together, what that looks like, because we, if a lot of us grew up in single parent homes, so family preservation, where I can stop and tell you, you know what, um, then some white women can stop and say, you know what, my career is more important. And there are some black women who have that ability to do that because they've grown up in two-parent homes who can't see beyond that, but there is a lot of black women who haven't. You know, and so it's more prevalent in those kind of relationships. You'll see those in those and more of those relationships. So I just think that there's a just a different like conversation that needs to be had. But I, I got a question back, like what you just said. You said that no one can love you like a black woman. What do you mean by that? Um, I just don't. I think the, the way a black man is and everything that we go through, I think it's harder for somebody on the outside to understand that. Uh, no matter how much you try to tell it, drill it to raise his head, they're not going to understand that. Um, I've heard that. For, for example, like the way I, what I am in public, you know, I, I try to be observing everything like that. And I was trying to tell, you know, whoever it was at the time, that's just how I am, that's how I'm raised. I can't have my bar down anywhere I go because I'm black at the end of the day, you know? And I don't think they understand that. And you try to drill it in somebody's head, it just becomes redundant and it just becomes useless. Um, but as a black man and black woman, y'all understand each other's struggle. Y'all can get through it together and help improve each other. I mean, I think that's different. And I'm not saying that black love is just the best. But for me, and how I was raised, that's the best option for me. How long have your parents been married? Uh, my parents didn't get married. They separated when I was two. But they kept a real good relationship. So oh, I have both of them in my life my whole life. Okay. <laughs> that is really good. That's what's up. Pusha said the first time they're in a serious relationship, she's calling the police and your black son ends up shot dead. And that is a fear. I mean, that's a true, honest fear. Um, I had a coworker who used to walk around and brag about the fact that she told her um, her now husband that if I call the police, who do you think they're going to believe? You know what I'm saying? So to me, I just don't understand like how you can live in a house where somebody utilizes their privilege and holds their privilege above your head. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, because that's what that is. That's holding my privilege above your head and telling you that if I, you know, that's a, that's a threat to me. 
Yeah. That's just how I feel about it. And so I just don't want well, my son to sign up. I mean, well, those are the conversations as parents that we need to have. Like, yeah, hey, totally. son, just in case, or yeah. this is a possibility. You know, you just have to have those conversations yeah. with your kids. Yeah. Like, you can't send them in there blindsided. Like, I'm, like you're going to love who you love. That's fine. Right. I accept whoever you love. But let me just tell you that, like you said, they may not understand where you're coming from. Right. And you may upset them and they may call the police. And the police, you maybe you didn't do anything to her. You know, but those are the conversations yeah. that you have to right. have. And, and if that's what they choose, like that's the risk that they take. But as a parent, I'm doing my job and I'm letting you know. I'm informed. Exactly. And you better have like for real conversations. Because at this point, you at home with somebody and you pissed off about with everything that's going on right now. And that somebody then right beside you ain't got no, no clue. understand it. Ain't got no clue. Like, well, if you know, or they may even feel that's right. Well, probably the best thing for that person to do is probably not say anything. Like if you don't understand, no, I'm coming no, I'm gonna need you not to say not nothing. No, because that that's not. No, gonna be. I'd rather you not say nothing and say, well, if they would have did this or if they would have did that, don't tell me what they should have did. So you just want them to just you would. I'm saying if if it was two options. see all of them everything they experience a foreign or whatever they go get a girl that's outside the race 
you want to, you kind of mimic that. You want that. So you, you go try it, and then you realize, oh, this ain't it. <laughs> you know what but I'm But the ones that stay in it, that, oh, that I'm OJ, I'm not black, I'm OJ. So the yeah. I'm not black, I'm OJ. I'm not saying every man is looking to go outside of his race for yeah. the purpose, but I do believe that there are some men, he basically told the world, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Oh, yeah, yeah. Until he had to be black. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all think about that. OJ had to be black. Yeah. And at that point, and he had to be black. Mind, was he still black, though? And he had to be black, honey. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> at some point, a black man has to be black. And unfortunately, you can. There is only so much that will do that you can do, even as an as an as an honored athlete. Because I think sometimes what happens is you get this experience. Even like big athletes get this experience outside of the black community, and with white people who love them and who treat them good and who are really, really good to them until they realize you are still black. And I think some people walk away from, walk into other cultures and date outside of their cultures to escape our culture. And I can understand that because being black is hard. Mm -hmm. So if you in your mind say, look, maybe I don't have to be black. So I'm going to go date a white woman who loves me despite who I am. Because that's the other part. Sometimes I think, um, we put pressure on black men to be a certain kind of way. Um, and that, that makes it hard for black men to date and to be honorable women. And we do we do put pressure on black men to be a certain kind of way. So I don't have to do that with white women because they don't have those kind of standards. They will take me as I am. And then you have these half black, half white children. And they have a white family. Is that true? No, but, uh, that black women put more standards on you than white women. White women will take you at your bar. I never dated a white woman, so I wouldn't know. Um, but yeah, I would say to a certain extent, um, black women do place certain standards on, on us, and it does get you, you know, like you feel like you have to have that, and then if you're not, you don't feel worthy enough. Um, but I think it, it can go two ways because as a black man, you kind of put standards on on your woman as well. You exactly. want her to be a certain way. Yeah. So I, I think it just depends on that person. Because you can be somebody who doesn't really have standards, and y'all can just match, or you can be somebody that does have a lot of standards. So it just depends on who you. Honestly, I don't think it's I don't think it's not because black women have to have a certain set of, set of standards as well for black men. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to white women, you will see a black man with a white woman, and you be like, now wait a minute, wait a minute, y'all done seen her. Wait a minute. How's this working out? Because <laughs> I know you were that a black woman that looked like that, that walked around like that, that carried herself like that. Like, he was hot on her. I know what I'm saying.
I think we do have a problem with authority. If we get a challenge by a woman, I think that that intimidates us. So we kind of run from it at times. And then you have to realize, well, your mama was that way. And, you know, she, she got through it. You know, so you just, I think it all is about maturing. I think as we, we grow through life as men, we, we might escape it for a certain period of time. But in the back of our head, we know, I got to have a black woman. You know, I got to have. So there are probably men right now who are just struggling. Um, was your mom like that? Would you consider her that opinion ain't like, you know, strong-minded, independent woman? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Yes, Most definitely okay. opinionated, you know, independent, strong, always had her own, had her own voice. So um, I grew up seeing that. So, you know, now me maturing more, you know, developing my mindset, that's something I want. Because um, I love her to do, so. And that's not a bad thing. That's what's up. That's good that you have that example to look at. Right. Yeah. That's what's up. I mean, we are very opinionated. Very. So that's why I always used to think that my, I always think that my son would go the other way. Because when he was younger, he used to tell me that he's like, I don't want to date a black woman. <laughs> I don't think I want to date, you know, mama, you just be, you know. But I think that as he has grown, you know what I mean? As he, has, as he has grown to, you know, I think he, because girl, the other day, he just kind of like sat down and we were sitting down and just me and him, girl, the, the baby was gone. So just me and him talking. And he was just basically like, mama. Like, how many bills do you have to pay? So I'm like, oh, perfect conversation, son. You know what I'm saying? Let, let me let you know. You know, because it ain't, I don't want you to never think it's as easy as it looks. She listening. Because, yeah, <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't as easy as it looks. I don't care how easy I make it look or whatever the case may be. Like, sometimes the struggle get real. Mm -hmm. right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, so I get to go on through the bills, right? Like, you want to know? You show right. So the mortgage payment, I got the car payments. I got all the insurance on the cars. Girl, I'm going to water, light, electric, uh, groceries. Uh, girl, I'm going through. He was like, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? But they, like, they never really realized. Like, you know, I think he, you know, the fact because he had never missed out on anything. Mm -hmm. You know, you've never missed out on a, a, a drop. You know, I always made sure, you know, that she was doing stuff. And then even that, in that sense, like we was talking about, he was like, Mama, you always have, you know, you made it work. You know, me and Jaden got to see more and like, you know, travel more than any of my friends that I know. Because mm -hmm. I have actually made sure that they went places. Like he was like, Jaden 11 and probably did more places than I have. Like, true. You know, I don't, I just want them to get out the sense. Cause I don't, an experience. Yes, an experience. Yeah. Ever, I don't think I've ever, when I was little, I only went, I only went to Texas. Mm -hmm. I never went outside of Texas. I went to Tulsa and Vegas. And so it's like a little country town, like an hour and a half from here. But I never got to like experience anything. You know what I'm saying? I never went outside, but I made sure, you know, as my kids, you know, they grown that they get to go travel and get to like experience different things. He was like, like none of my friends have went anywhere, and I'm just like, I'll let you address that last But um, young with y'all. I mean, I think I went to, <laughs> I went to California. I mean, and I think we went to St. Louis once. But outside of that, like my, I want my kids to have an experience that like is different from us, from like what I've had. Like to be able to, they're going to be Generation Z and come into the world and see and have a different perspective than I had. Um, and the ability to feel like they have a voice to give that. So can you tell us like, I know you, you said you just wrote a book. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your book. That's what I was yeah. about so, to ask. So uh, <laughs> The Art of Giving, uh, One Nonprofit Can Change the World, the business inspirational guide to creating your own nonprofit for change. Um, so for me, as I traveled and spoke to a lot of kids, they always ask me, how did you create this? How did you create that? So I wanted to, you know, put something together uh, that they can kind of, you know, follow and be inspired by. 
Uh, for me, you know, I don't I don't look at it as I'm going to change the world, but I can spark the mind of one person that can change the world. Okay. So for me, writing the book, you know, that was kind of my spark. You know, at least one person can be motivated to create their own nonprofit. So um, it's been amazing to see uh, because I'm not the best writer. I can speak, but I just don't like to write. So when I sat down and put it together and see the feedback, it's been amazing and a blessing all over. Okay. And then you have you have a couple of uh, so Sanders hands. Yes, ma'am. What is that? So um, Sanders Hand is a five hundred one c three public charity recognized okay. by the Iris in the state. So we have two active programs, education and community, that okay. are both dedicated towards empowerment, innovation, and diversity. So okay. through this, we work in our um in our, our school districts, um predominantly African American, Hispanic, you know, okay. in poverty, teaching them life skills that goes and taught us out of the classroom, such as entrepreneurship, professional etiquette, financial literacy, and then we cultivate that through the community through strategic partnerships, volunteering, and donating. So I started this when I was in college. Since then, we served roughly over 2,000 kids from Texas. And now it's Oklahoma. Since I came here, I've been doing some work here. I created an annual scholarship for middle school and high school students. Uh, we have a proclamation in the city of San Antonio for our work. We work for a lot of Fortune 500 companies to you know, service our kids and our programs. So um, that was one of the first things I started. And then I started SJS Enterprises, which is more of the private business enterprise that I do you know, on my personal behalf. started that about two years ago. So here's the thing. God told you you couldn't rap, but he said, look, son, I got a bigger purpose for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's the thing. Like, sometimes we kind of walk into this thinking this right. is how we're supposed to do it. And God said, nope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I, but I have a question on that. On, on the uh, business that you have going into schools, like, how do they contact you or reach you? Like, do they just, like, email you? Mm-hmm. Or how do you get set up with the schools? Do you reach out to the schools? Yeah, so we, we reach out to them. A lot of it's word of mouth. I go uh, work at one school, they go call the principal at another school and say, hey, we have these kids come through, you should mm-hmm. holler at them. And that's how we get connected. And for me, um, every day I'm looking at ways to, you know, get inside the community, get inside the school. So I do a lot of reaching out because the school is busy. You know, teachers and principals are busy, so they don't have the time to sit down at the computer and find somebody to come and help. So I reach out and, you know, network and things like that. So what schools are you doing in the city currently? I work with Boys and Girls Club. Okay. Um, okay. We're on the south side, I believe. Um, I don't remember the name of the school it's, exactly. Is it Santa Fe South? I think it's Santa Fe South. Is it Capitol Hill? It was High elementary. School? It was oh. elementary. Um, oh, okay. So what grades like do you focus on? Because I know you have to have like a certain audience mm-hmm. to talk about financial yeah. literacy. And so like um, that. primarily I like to work with sixth and twelfth grade students because okay. um, I feel like they're at the age where they're learning. But for me, most important is ninth grade because they're getting to high school. And my thing for high school kids, you're going to go left or you're going to go right because you're easily influenced. I would like to grab them before it's too late. So I like to work with the ninth graders before they get into, you know, all of the things that, you know, hopefully you're going to change their life for the better. That makes sense. That's why um, when I did Jeremiah Generation, we worked with the eighth graders mm-hmm. before they got to high yeah, school. High school yeah, yeah. Uh, because the dropout, like, after freshman year, dropout, like, it's so high yeah. after, dry, after freshman yeah. year. Yeah. And so if you can get them in eighth grade, then you can usually work with them, kind of build them up, kind of um, set a standard for them in eighth grade. Yeah. And then when they get to ninth grade, they're a little less, um, I guess, influenced. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, maybe they'll think back on, like, what they learned. Right. Yeah. Eighth grade. So, like, do you have, like, a mentorship program? Like, yeah. Or so- is it... So we have a curriculum. So six to eight weeks, I spend with the students um, where they learn each you know, different workshop. And then they graduate from our program as Santa Santa Student Ambassadors. From there, I like to keep up with our students. Um, a lot of them, somehow they find my personal Instagram. I never give it to them. But you know, kids is kids. They don't right. figure something out. So they always follow me. And one kid reached out to me a couple weeks ago saying, thank you so much. I was able to, I think he's starting to do videos now. So, you know, stuff like that always, it, it makes me feel good because... I may not change your mind right then and there, but a couple years later, if you can, you know, hit me up and two years later and say you did this for me, that means a lot. 
So I try to keep with them, um, you know, engage with them, you know, give them all free resources, things like that, just to show them I'm not just going to be here for six to eight weeks and leave. You know, I want to show you that I, I can be that big brother and for our young ladies, we have the big sisters for you. But the only way that they can be in your program is, is in order for you to be through the school. The reason why I'm asking is because I have a kid that's going to ninth grade, yeah. and I don't know if his personality, if he's easily influenced or not. So that's why I was wondering if the oh, only way that he would be able to yeah. be a part of your program is only if you were in that school. It's not only through the school, um, because I had a lot of parents reach out like, on like a one-on-one thing. I'm like, hey, can you work with my students? So it's, you know, it really just depends on what you need at that time. So if you want me to work with him one-on-one, I can do it as well. Okay. Oh, you can work one-on-one? Yes, ma'am. to be what you're going to face in life, like how to deal with 
people in the workplace, how to deal with, like, you know, if you don't have enough money or, you know, just different things that, like, different curveballs in life that's going to hit you. Like, yeah. that's the stuff that you need to be educated on. But I think, like I said, we had a upper bound. But we didn't get, I did upper bound and talent search. And there was a Langston program, but they came from Langston. Um, and I think a lot of times what happens is we have those kind of programs. They're not um, advertised to every student. They're not given, there's not an opportunity for every child to participate in those programs. And I think that I, there's programs out here that give our kids what they need, but there's not enough people out here to give like that information about what it is they need. Do you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like nobody knows that it exists. Yeah. So as a community, we need to start surrounding ourselves with maybe even a resource list mm -hmm. where we sit and talk about like what resources are in our community that work to help because we may not need to recreate the real. It may just be a resource out here or yeah. somebody out here who's yeah. willing to do that who can give our kids what they need. We just don't know that they're out there. Mm -hmm. So I have a question for you because I think that's the problem is the lack of resources yeah. and the lack of knowledge. Like we don't know. Like a lot of black kids and people, like we want to start businesses and do things, but we don't have the information to do it. So how did you find information to start your business? Uh, for me, my, my parents and my father gave me all the game. And that's the difference. What I realized that's a lot a of lesson. people didn't have that at home. And that's really why I was so inspired to you know, do my stuff that I do now because I, I had that luxury, but my friends had had that luxury. You know, he had to go home and go get a job so he could take care of his little brother and little sister. So I realized there's a gap, and it's not that it's not the kids' fault, but right. society blames those kids because oh, right. he's just bad. He's going to be a gangbanger. She's going to right. be driven and whatnot. They had to grow up a certain way. Nobody showed them the way. So you know, for me, I wanted to create something. How can I show these kids, you know, different? How can I show you how to be what you want to be without you having to go home and you know deal with the struggles of not having things at home. Um, but I think we have to come together and realize that our kids really need our help. You know, regardless of how much money I get or how much fame I get, if somebody calls me and say, I need a kid that needs this, I don't care how tired I am. I'm going to help any way I can. And if I can't help you, I can pass it to somebody that can help you. Right. But we have to all develop that mentality. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So maybe we need to start like a resource book. We should, we, we should do that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, definitely a resource, a resource book. And oh, then like pass it, pass it yes. around within the community. That shows, because we've had a, quite a few people in our in, on our podcast. They give a lot of good they information. They give a lot of good information. They have a lot of good programs that can help. And they give us resources. Yeah. Right? That we didn't even know about. They talk about yeah. grants, small business loans, different mm -hmm. banks that like help black people. Yep. Um, yep. Even like people like you, you know, they go into the schools. Mm -hmm. Like it's a lot of resources that we get on this show that we really could be putting out. Yeah. And, and so that's our duty, like, yes. 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 I feel like our people, like, like you said, we just don't know. Like, right. I was talking to somebody about real estate, and I was saying the other, the other races, they use other people pay money to make money. They're not just going there buying a hundred thousand dollars house cash because that's that's, right. that's not a, that's not a good right. transaction. And I think our people don't really understand that. And as once we open it up to the whole world, I think we can really, really change stuff. But it's lack of resources and a lack of awareness. It's it's also um, again, like I said, we're just barely above the line of making it. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like you said, you have a friend who has to go back home and get a job and take care of his siblings. Like, you're barely above the line of making it. Mm -hmm. So, when you're barely above the line of making it, like, creating a, a business and entrepreneurship, that kind of stuff is scary. But because you don't know how to... Yeah, you don't know how to... A lot of people are, like, a lot of people are paycheck to paycheck. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you just trying to, like, let me just go to work and let me do what I got to do to pay bills. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, so that is your focus. So, it is kind of hard sometimes. Right. Because then you have entrepreneurship because that's the other part. It takes away from 
Even if, you, if you're util, utilizing your own money, it takes away from what you're bringing in. Yeah. Absolutely. And so if, it takes away from what I'm bringing in. But then somebody's like, oh, but there's programs that are out here that'll give you all the money. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Like, you don't have to take from your money. You yeah. can get that program, and then you don't know that. Like, So do you know the story I'm talking about about the black the people from Philly? I think I know. Is it the, is it the it husband was, and the wife? It was a couple, yeah. Yeah, I think I know exactly. Okay, yeah. So even stuff like that, like it was a nonprofit organization that actually helped them. But it's, I mean, it's knowledge. Like you don't know, right? You know, these programs are out there. So, right. like people like me, I want to get into real estate like you. But in my mind, it's like okay, I have to use my own money. But I've also heard people like you don't have to use your own money. You right. Other people's money. You need twenty percent of what? Well, well, how right. do I use other people's money? Yeah, you know, exactly. it's right. like I mean, you can read books or whatever, but I'm more of like a visual person yeah, like yeah, I need for you to walk me through it and show me then I'm like right. okay I got it but yeah. I mean you can put all these books in front of me and I'm like okay so in order to create change we need to start being more open yeah. as a community yeah. about the resources that we have the resources yeah. we know because a lot of times we are afraid to give other yeah. people the resource. We feel like if I give you the resource, you may run off and take off. And, and here's the thing that I, the crabs in the bucket mentality that he spoke of. That's exactly well, here's the thing. Is. You might run off and take off with it and do better than me. That might be your purpose. Yeah, yeah. God may see something in you that I don't have that allows you to be able to be a greater option for the masses. Mm-hmm. We got to understand that. And maybe I was your blessing. Right. Exactly. Maybe God sent me to tell you this information. But, right. but it goes back to what's for me is for me. And right. a lot of people don't realize it. Exactly. So it's yeah. like I don't yeah. want to tell you how to write a book or I don't I don't want to tell you how to start your business because I don't believe that what's for me is for me because you're gonna take my business away from me. Exactly. Right. But at the end of the day, what's for me is for me. Right. Yes. And we have to understand that. And even at levels, even levels, because even if somebody takes something and runs above you, or makes it higher, or makes more money, or becomes more popular, or whatever, you then become the person that they can say, look, I would have not made it this far had it not been for such and such. You get what I'm saying? And the prayer is that if you're genuinely doing it out of the kindness of your heart, then maybe that person will turn around and stop and say, and God will give it to them to say, you know what, if it had not been for you, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be who I am. So this made me think about a post. So I saw this post on Facebook and this guy hey, gave another guy some information. A, a black man giving another black man, hey, this is what I did to start my business X, Y, and Z. Well, so A already had his business and he gave his information to B. Well, B took it a step further and started charging classes and, you know, charging $5,000 for classes or whatever. So A got on Facebook and like, he was basically pissed off. I gave you this information on how to start the business and you take what I told you and you do X, Y, and Z. But what's wrong with that? He just, I mean, he really, you were just a resource. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't take the information that you give them and do something with it, but he did something with it and he took it to the next level. And you so can't, and now you're upset. What was the point if you give him information? He, what did you expect? But he, but he screenshot it. You only wanted him to take enough information to, birth, to do what you did yeah. with it. So he but, wasn't supposed but he to do took more. It. He took it and he did more with it. He created right. classes, online classes. Like he created like so much more with the information that you told him. And he, the dude, hey, screenshot of it. I told him this and this is what he go and do and da da da. Okay, what's wrong with that? Crap, uh, don't get, get, don't we don't have the ability to be happy for each other when each other go when exactly. we do things. That are good for like it doesn't matter what that person. That's why I don't say, get mad when somebody right. come up with a better idea. Than right, you. You didn't come it should up be motivated. I mean, exactly. Why look at like if he 
doing ten thousand, why can't I do twenty thousand? Exactly. There you go. How can I revamp my business? Yeah. And, and and that's the thing, like we all copycat things. Like we all look at things like, okay, well this is what works. So sometimes people do what works and so he saw what worked. And then he added some more on top of that. But I don't see nothing wrong with that. But it was just crazy to me to see that, that you're upset that you actually gave him some information. Better exactly. than you, and I'm not going to give them this information. Which sucks, because that's not, how do we rebuild? When we talk about holding ourselves accountable, when we talk about, talk about doing better in our community, and we talk about things that make the black community better so that we can flourish and that we can get beyond the whole black um black amongst black crimes and things like that. We have to find a way that allows us to build up each other and not tear each other down. Everybody's so worried about what I'm gonna do, how I'm gonna be better than you. I'm gonna mm-hmm. tear you down. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna talk crazy to you. Right. I wanna not like you. Like, stop focusing on whether or not you like somebody and start focusing on what we can do to give back to each other because we are in a time, when we talk about 2020, I, you know, I've read so many of the posts that said 2020 is horrible. It's been the craziest. It's an insightful moment. It ain't it ain't it ain't none of this and look at this and say, it what can I do now to give back to our community? How can we be stronger? Somebody was like, I hate white people. I don't. I dislike them. I'm not going to take the I energy. I don't dislike them. I, like I, them. I, don't, I dislike the, some of the things they do, not dislike them. I dislike some of the things that we're doing. Because everybody's not bad. That's like saying all black people bad. I'm not saying that all of them are bad. But what I'm saying is, I dislike some of the things that we're going through. Oh, absolutely. So, with that being said, but I'm not going to take the energy that I have to hate, because the same energy you have that you utilize to hate, you have to utilize to love. Mm-hmm. And we need to learn to, we need to get to a point of loving each other. Yeah. I think that love to build us all yeah. up so that we can come up out of a space that we continue to say we need to do better. So, do you feel like millennials are doing that? Like, what challenges have you faced with being a business owner and dealing like with other black people, or even like the support of your friends? Like, what have you dealt with? Um, initially, you get the support from your 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 main group, but the outsiders, you know, people who are like you know two two three separations from you, they don't necessarily all the way support. And I, I never quite understood that because I'm doing something that's gonna help all of us. So, and I it happens, I'm not even asking for you to buy anything. I just need you to share, repost, like. Um, but the first thing that we like to do is we like to go and see how can I, what are they doing wrong? We want to always go and go criticize something. Um, and I think as a community, we have to get out of the mindset of just hating. I think, I think, but I don't think it's our problem. I think they threw it on us. And we, like I said, we just ran with it. And that's just our mentality of reprieve. But you have to realize kids are growing up like that. You know, you got kids in high school who be hated, like don't like each other because she looks better or you think she looks better, stuff like that. You got to get out of that. Um, but in order to get out of that, we got to go figure out what caused that. How can right. we do better? And um, as a business owner, you want to experience that a lot, especially from your own people. Uh, because if you you do something in your hometown, you expect everybody to show up. You only go get like 10, 15 people. Granted, everybody could have came, but nobody, everybody didn't show up. you like, you know, right. sit back and you're like, why? But if I go do this in another territory, like if I come to OKC and do something, I get everybody to come up. Where I'm from, nobody wants to come. I never quite understood that because, like I said, it's this is for us, it's not just for me. Well, why do you think, it's why do you think that is? We deal with that. I mean, we, we definitely yeah, yeah. deal with that. And, and I don't know. Honestly, I feel like we had a better response from the white crowd than we do. I mean, even our crowd is good, but I feel like we had like a really good turnout, like from the white people. They were excited, taking pictures with us. I don't know. I'm just, not even gonna give us the, the benefit of the doubt and say our crowd it. was good because it was just time yeah. we had like five people and we just did it, you know. But I appreciate and we went the people that, that do. And, and, and that's not saying that it's a bad thing. What I'm saying is the support from the city is just not always there. I always just chop it up to the story where 
Christ said he went back to his own town. They saw him and where he was still not able to make, to do what he needed to do in his own town because they were too familiar with him. But it's and I think sometimes there's, 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 right, there's a level of familiarity that people see yeah. that they like, oh, not, you know, not vegan, not Capri, not Dante, what you mean? I, I know like, like, back then, from back when they was, blah, 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 blah. blah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you think you think you better all the time. Right. So now you got a podcast, you think you better than, you know, like we always say, people call it the little podcast. I see your little podcast. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and like, for, really, for so what it's worth, you know, I don't personally take okay. it. I don't take it personal. I, I know that if we took it outside of the city, we would just be like flourishing all over the place. It sucks that that's how the community does you. And until you flourish other places and people see you other places and they, then they decide they will exactly. we know that and it's unfortunate and that's right. fine that's their lives but we, we just gotta love on the people that support us and that's, right. that's all I focus on I don't care about the people that don't right. you know, I love the people that do I appreciate you you know for being on your business only like I appreciate the connections that we're making like, right. it doesn't matter if they like if we have one person in the audience or 20 people in the audience it doesn't right. matter like I said at the end of the day my purpose for doing this podcast is as long as my story and what I have to say can help one person, at least one person, I'm happy at the end yeah, of the day. Right. So yeah. you could show up, not show up, you could share, not share. It would be nice if you share and repost because that ain't costing you nothing. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a click of a button and I see you sharing everything else. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's <laughs> either <laughs> like I saw you share it and no, I see you share it. But, that, but that's, that's just the nature of our people. Of our people. It's, yeah. it's just like you said, sometimes it's not really our fault. It's just what has been ingrained in us from generation yeah. to generation yeah. but for me I'm a black person and like to see other black people get on top I'm yeah, sure exactly. stuff. Mm-hmm. and when I see something like you know like the black market plays a different post to be like hey do you know a painter do you know this I'm gonna type your name in immediately mm-hmm. right I want you to get that business right yeah, you know so that's right. the type of person that I am yeah. I'm the same way I, I feel like um, like somebody posted, do you know somebody who can do knowledge braids? And I thought about Karen, like, right away. Like, let me go in. Like, by the time I went in, like, 15 people had already posted people, her name. Some people people that know how to do stuff and, and will not. Like, the, no, or, or like, you know, the, the services that you provide for people. I know somebody, but yeah. and I ain't going to give him the business. Why? Why? I'm going to take him scrolling. I'm going to tag him, and he could have been saying somebody else's life. Right. You know, just by a conversation. Like, you know, it doesn't take back. much. It doesn't take back. much. Just to if go your heart is in the right place, yes. you're going to oh, get those yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. your right. heart has yeah. to be in the right place at the end of the day. Yeah. And I strongly believe that. It does. Same, same thing. But if your heart's not if in the right place, place and, you, and you maliciously doing it anyway, and you're being hateful, like, right. nothing's don't, 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 don't share it anyway because you only do it. It's not coming in the right place anyway. So, I sage and um, pray for a reason. Mm-hmm. And maybe God is saying, I'm sage. But here's the other part. I always think about that too. Because even God, maybe God is passing us, passing you by me because he knows that you're not the right person that should come through anyway. Mm-hmm. And so again, like I said, I always think about that kind of thing anyway. I just know. And like I said, I always internalized, I've always internalized the whole Jesus quote. Like that one scripture where he talked about going back home and how he was not able to perform any miracles in his hometown. And I always think about that when I think about like things that I do and the lack of support that you get from your home. I'm like, if Jesus Christ couldn't get his own support and he was perfect, he was yeah. supposed to be, he's a man of God and he is all of who he is. Who am I to but, think that I'm supposed to get all of this from? How right. am I supposed to get all of this? But that's why I like that um, Four Agreements book because it talks about don't take everything. I don't know if you read it, but it talks about like don't take everything personal. Everything isn't about you. 
So a person that's not sharing your stuff or not supporting you, it really ain't about you. It's about them. It's right. something that they have within them. So don't take it personal. You know, so I don't, if you don't share it, whatever, it's all good. You know, I'm not going to take it personal. But, but, you know, I'll be blessed either way. Right. Exactly. Whatever. So what I don't, I don't say, because I don't think we, we I mean, you probably haven't lost anything from your hometown not doing or not providing. Same here. We haven't lost anything from nobody who, like I mean, see, you still pushing and getting yeah. what you need yeah. to get. I mean, it's, you know, it is. Same thing. Yeah. So what other business ventures are like you working on or like, um, you know, hoping to? Yeah. Um, so hopefully uh, we get the real estate thing going on in the uh, next few months. Um, I have, have a few other things that I'm bringing out. I just uh, lit it up. I bought a contract for an international uh Electronics company, so I'm gonna see how that goes. Okay. Um, we'll be writing that out in a few months. So yeah, I'm just really just you know you know investing in other things, creating a high I support people on the back end, and um you know continue pushing the mission forward. This is June, in a week we will have Father's Day. I need fathers to see what happens when you are involved in your son's <laughs> life. How much you can breathe into your kids, how much you can give to your in a kids, way. how much you can. Allow your kid. How much your kids can grow when they have yeah. their fathers? I, I, are we coming up on that? Very positive. Very positive. Very positive. fathers. I mean, it it, it hurts. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like it does hurt. But I'm gonna tell you. So y'all know, but you don't know. My brother has been incarcerated for 22 years. So he talked about like you know, my kids all turned out to be really good. Yeah, and I'm thankful for that. He said, but I'm, he said that my, their, their mothers did a good job, but I'm wondering if it's because I'm incarcerated. He said, because a lot of my friends that's out, they have sons, had their sons riding in the car with them when they were making sales and doing this and that. Now their sons are going down that same path. He said, so I'm thankful. You know, he was, he looking at the positive of being like that. I'm thankful for being in here that I wasn't able to expose my kids to that. And that is good. Like, the fact that he's able to sit and articulate that. So, so, that's why, so that's why I want to reiterate positive. Yes, yeah, you exactly. can be in your son's life, but if you being a positive enforcement, like, because yeah, totally if you, because yeah, exactly. some people be like, I don't know, I don't know why I hate to see little boys walking around the chains and kind of like saying, and they be like little, like, it's kind of like they already developing like that yeah, little yeah. mindset, like yeah. mindset already, like that drives me crazy. So it's cool that you and your kids like, but try to give them a better life than what you have. That's, that's my Just opinion. give them some positive. Give them some positive. Yeah. Okay, again, that's why I said, when I said, that's why I said, when I said, when I said, we need to be okay with the scientists, with the engineers, with the folks that don't, that aren't hood, that aren't big rubbing. Be grateful for them as well because they become very positive lights in our in our community, and we need that. Mm-hmm. Right. And we can't beat that out of kids. Sometimes you have some kids sitting in class trying to be dumb. They smart as I get out. They trying to be dumb because they trying not to stand out. Well, it's not that. So part of that. But a lot of that is bullying because I told you, I, I think exactly, I, I, I was trying to understand that. the YMCA when I mentored at Douglas and it was like the most disturbing thing I had ever seen. And I was sitting in the class because I was going through my lunch break on like Wednesdays or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in the classroom at Douglas. And if a kid raised their hand, other kids be like, you think you smart. You think you all that. Da, da, da. And so I actually watched these kids like when the teacher would ask a question, not say nothing. Because they didn't want to be picked on. Like, that's, yes. that's terrible. Yes. And that's what I said. We breed ignorance out of our community that's because we, what, yes. we, what happens is we tell you that if you're smart, you know something, you think you're better than. You think you yeah. all yeah. And it's fine to be better than. Yeah. It's okay it's to okay. be smart. It's okay to be, to have book knowledge. And it's okay to not, not be in the middle of the streets. And it's okay to not 
know what it's like to be without water and not to be without electric because your parents worked hard to make sure you didn't know what that's like. Right. And you are still black because you have the black experience. If somebody pulls you over tomorrow, you can be a black doctor in a Mercedes Benz, pull, get pulled over and still experience the same level of racism that anybody who is in who is of our color experiences. And we need to teach our kids that. Yeah. We gotta give our kids that because you have it's okay to be a doctor. It's okay to be an engineer. It's okay to be smart. It's okay to be a scientist. It's okay to be smarter than your friends. Yeah. Well, it, it is. is okay to be. No, I'm saying it is okay to be smart in your friends, and hopefully you can encourage your friends. Maybe, hopefully, maybe. But what if your kids just don't have that capacity? It's okay to be smarter than your but friends, as long as they're strong enough to know that it's okay. Yeah, but I mean, now it starts so, back at home. It does start back at yeah. home. But I was like, I said, I was just disturbed. Like, I was like, oh my gosh. But that's, that's I mean, that that some kids, it is the environment. But some kids, you know, some kids may not. It depends on what you're teaching them at home. Because I can just imagine my child sitting there. Somebody said, you think you never? They just out show, do. But I'm NBA material in the beginning. But at the same time, I'm a support mom. 
my child, mm-hmm. you know, and what he has to do. What you got to say? Because you got to say something. Well, I mean, it's a little different. Michael Jordan was probably playing basketball. This boy ain't been on the basketball team since he was like, no, no Michael Jordan didn't start playing basketball to high school. He was in high school. But still. When he was in high school, his, when he started playing, he actually went to like a a, a real low like, college. That's what we're just talking about. I need you to know I need you to encourage your brother. But Michael Jordan didn't start playing. A lot of NBA players, as as, as unfortunate as the thought process may be, is we think that people start off at like four or five and they all make it to the to the NBA. Some of the four or five year olds get tired of it and say they don't want to play no more. And you get some folks who don't start playing basketball till high school. But I but I support him because I see his drive. Like he he walk out, you know, what did he got his socks on with his flip flops and his tennis shoes and his bag? Like what did Katie say? Katie said, talent beats, um, hard, so hard, hard work beats talent. Right. Anytime the hard work's hard, works harder. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep that in mind. If you have the ability to put in the work for it, even if you don't have the talent. Because some people have the talent and take the talent for granted. But exactly. I think it's a lot of talent in the black community. But like you said, we're totally. not supported by our family and our friends. And so you get discouraged and yeah. you're like, well... You know, and so other people don't believe in you, then you start not to believe in yourself. Right. That's true. You know, so I think that that's where it starts is at home. We have to believe in our kids. Like, we have to believe in, like, the But if you don't believe in yourself, if you ain't seen nothing different from where you came but from, still, I feel like it's generational, from, though. That's it is. Down, though. It's, ge- it's very generational. And unfortunately, some people have, like, so example, if I'm a first generation first offense kind of person. I'm 19 years old, straight out of my mom. My mom was a drug addict, because this is a, a, one of the I have a case just like this. Mom is a drug addict. Daddy's not around. Come out of first, straight out of high school, 19 years old with a criminal felony. What hope do I have? That's an oppressive situation, because it's hard. One, I don't have any skills, because I haven't been out of school long enough to gain a skill. To get a skill, now I have a criminal felony that I have to tell everybody for the next seven years of my life I have. And then I have to try to figure out how to how to overcome that. Sometimes we are set back in, and, and this is why I always say, like, we have to be realistic about our community and how our community, the oppression is above our community. That's why I say it's a twofold thing. We have to hold our oppressors accountable because we have to we have to figure out some way to come out, out from under that oppression. It's like we talked about the criminal the criminal justice system. Like there is a there is definitely a there's a target on the back of every one of your kids. And if I'm stuck in drugs and I don't have a daddy that's there that's present, then I can't teach my kids that there's a target on their back. So when they 18, 19 years old and you get a criminal felony, 10 years probation, and how, what am I supposed to do with that? How do I overcome that? So I'm not an emotional person, but I watched two things today. I watched Just Mercy and I watched Brian Bay or whatever. And, it, and, and if both of them basically talk about the injustice in the, in the criminal justice system. Yeah. Neither one of them were guilty. Both of them were charged. Both of them basically lost years of their lives. And it, and it, I was just sad watching it because it happens every day. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just, 
I don't know. It's just like how they view us or whatever. And it also makes me think about the 13th. I don't know if you saw the 13th on Amazon. I, I mean, not Amazon. What is it talks about the 13th yeah. Amendment. Oh, Netflix. 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 Okay. Netflix. But it just basically talks about how the prison system is basically modern day slavery. Yeah. But so that's whatever. Same thing like a prison. The whole getting a charge. Just like I told when I watched right. yesterday the Khalif Browder. That's the only I had already watched it, but yes. And he so was, was 16, 16. So right. the only reason that he didn't want to go ahead and say they, you know, at some point they said, you know, well, listen, if you go ahead, you didn't been here two years, you go ahead and say that you're guilty. They call her You know, we're going to go ahead and let you out. Just say that you're guilty and you're going to get time served. But he didn't want to do that because his brother had took like a plea deal like a couple years before that and ended up being a felon. Mm-hmm. He was well, like, why did he want to, why, yeah, why would I want to actually say that I did this crime and I didn't do it? Because when you get out, when it's all said and done, you're going to have it be a felon. You know what I'm saying? You ain't gonna be able. You may not. You ain't gonna get no job. He couldn't go back and get no education. You know what I'm saying? He I couldn't have like housing. You know all of that. You have know, you so seen that clip, brother? I heard a song about it, but I haven't like dug into the story yeah. yet. So I mean, it's the fact is, I mean, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, he ended up killing himself. But the fact of the matter is that you know what I'm saying. Some people feel, especially in poverty, that you have to. Go ahead and take this plea just because you're not educated. Well, yeah, you're not educated, about... but they make you feel that way because they feel like, and, and the same with my brother. They they tell you to take these plea deals. If you plea out, you can get this amount of years, but if you go to trial, they're going to view you as this and you can exactly. get life in prison. So, so it's like, like well, shoot. do I plead to 20 years in prison or do I take my chances and get life? And so that's a lot yeah. of things that like the black community deal with. So that's what the Brian Banks was. Yes, and you just have to kind of go back into these people's like they lifestyles. Again, these kids was growing up without fathers in their lives. Again, where you know what I'm saying, and he right. didn't have no. He had to maybe the big homies out, but they you know wasn't probably the best crowd to hang yeah. with because he was hanging with the Bloods. You know what I'm saying? He may he may not have been making the right choices out in, in life, right. but the fact of the matter is he just didn't do this crime. Right. You know what I'm saying? You locked up for something you just did. But it's, it's a lot of people, and that's the sad part about it is that it's a lot of people in there like that. Like they don't oh, have very much so. But like with the Brian Bates situation, it was a true story. Or whatever. He was a college kid, um, NFL was looking at him and everything. But um, what happened is girl that liked him, they went down to like a basement. Um, they were kissing, and then they heard the teacher. He was like, I gotta go. So she was like, um, he raped her. He didn't rape her. So he spent, I think, like 10 years in prison or whatever. Well, the attorney wasn't basically on his side. She was like, you need to plead. The jury was all white. You could possibly get life. If you plead no contest, which is pretty much like saying that I'm guilty, that I did it, um, then you can get a lesser sentence or whatever. But he was 16 at the time, but tried as an adult. He said, can I talk to my mama? She said, no, you don't have time. They're only giving me 10 minutes. So you need to make your decision right now. So, I mean, that's sad that, like, that pressure is put on our people like that. But it's the justice system. So here's the thing, like we have, we have levels of, so much levels of things that are are against our kids, that stand up on this side. So we, as parents, have to build them up on this side, right? Mm -hmm. And then we have a whole system created on this side that has basically been created to to put you in jail, put you in prison. Think about the, the pipeline, because that's what 13th Amendment, that's what 13th talks about. The pipeline from education to the prison system. We live in Oklahoma. There are so many, there are private prisons here that are currently being built with the idea that if your kid by third grade cannot read, that's where your kid is going to end up at. So I know you only been here 11 months, but I don't know if you heard recently, but a private prison was suing the state of Oklahoma because they didn't have the inmates that they were promised. 
the amount of inmates that they were promised. Yes, they didn't have the capacity that they thought they would have that the state of Oklahoma had promised them, so they were suing the state of Oklahoma. This is the private prison. So how do you even guarantee that in a criminal system that people will be criminal? So if you're going off your third grade, so what happens is when you can't get to third grade, at third grade, so we tell you by third grade they can't read, so then that means that they're going to come to prison. So as a parent, you're like, well, at my kid may not be able to read at third grade level, but I have the ability to get my kid up to level when they need to be up to level. I can, I understand education, this, that, and the other. So then I'm starting to, because there's programs being created. So then what I feel like happens is they defund those programs. Mm, yeah. I feel like they then decide what, what should be best for our kids. What's, what do we need to look at? Mm. So as a parent, you got to start, you got to be aware of that kind of stuff. You got to be aware of how the teachers are like, how what the teacher programs look like, how they, how, we still have a shortage of teachers. But I, I always think about, so I really want you to watch the 13th mm-hmm. or whatever. And it, it also made me think about how they say, like, they program our people or just program people from an early age. They program you when to get up, go to lunch, when to do this, get in a straight line. They program you basically for, for prison. For prison. Yeah. They program you. If you think about it, like, and I, and I want to say they show things like this. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but they talked about how you're so programmed to, like, your day is so scheduled. And then when you get to prison, like, you're basically doing the same thing. They tell you when to get up. They tell you when to eat. They tell you you got to be in a straight line. And it, it was just amazing to me, like, how it just all lined up. And it is. It's kind of like... It's systemic. It is oppression. And we have to start, we have to acknowledge that. And that's why, you know, for me, it's a struggle when, as a culture, we go back and forth with each other, amongst each other, like we don't understand it's systemic oppression, that we don't understand that everybody doesn't have the same opportunity, everybody's not coming off the same playing field, mm-hmm. everybody doesn't have the opportunity, and then we're so hard on each other about, like, how we supposed to come about this, so you know? You're right, but I also feel like, I know that, like, since the whole George Floyd thing happened, I don't know if you on Facebook or whatever, but they have, like, the black markets and all this stuff kind of going on. And they're asking for different black businesses or whatever, people putting their businesses out there. Like I really do hope that it continues. It continues. Like like people are really going on there and utilizing these black businesses and companies and like supporting each other and that it goes on after this. Like don't let this just be while the George Floyd protests and all this stuff going on, like let's continue this and support. I feel like the I feel like Generation Z about to take us through it. How do you feel being a black man um in Oklahoma? Like have you been pulled up in Oklahoma? Uh, no, ma'am. Okay, great. Have you ever been pulled up in general? Yeah. Maybe, like, racial profile? I necessarily didn't have to go through, like, racial profiling. Mm-hmm. But I got put over a few times, got some tickets and things like that. But I haven't had, like, a bad experience. Okay. So, but it's, did it's, it have something to do with your tone or how you kind of addressed the officer, do you think? Did it have something to do with who you were? Or do you think you just maybe that was just your blessing in that day? It, it could be a blessing. Um, but I, like my dad said, no matter what, you could be the toughest doing it. Like, when it comes to situations like that, you just handle it the right way because exactly. the last thing for me it's bigger than me I, I don't want my parents seeing me get killed by police officer because of anything now great sometimes you don't even do stuff half the time but i try my best to just you know stay calm and just go through the situation you know if i'm in the wrong i'm in the wrong if i'm in the right i'm in the right but at the end of the day i gotta go home i got i gotta go home to my parents and i got a family so i you know that's my that, that's what my mindset the whole time and that's and what I, I hope it's a lot of mindsets with black well that's what i'm gonna teach my son like i know understand that a lot of people is not getting the fact of like, they are angry about Rashad that died yesterday. 
That was the Friday. Was well, it the it was one actually day? after 12 a.m.? So okay. It was actually yesterday. Oh, okay. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, my thing is that just like I would tell my son, like I have told y'all plenty of times, like I want you to do everything in your will to come home. Like there was no need to tussle for this taser. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would you get out? You know, he, he talked to this police officer the whole time. You know what I'm saying? And granted, you know, maybe the police officer, they may not, he was already, you know, drunk. But the fact of the matter is, why even, you know, pull this man's, like, tussle with the police officer and pull this man's tase out and go to tase the police? I mean, nine times out of ten, yeah. it's, it's a slight chance that you probably ain't going to make it home after this fact. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Just do everything you can. Like, son, like, you get pulled up, look straight. But here's the thing. Let's try. I, I, I know that that's easy to say, right? But we create, we have really strong personality kids. All of us, right? Totally. All of us. I mean, because we have really strong personalities. Our kids have really strong personalities. And I think sometimes what we're asking for, and that is in a situation that you remove your pride. Because a lot of us in your pride. It is sometimes. Not the situation yesterday. Not the situation yesterday. But it's not really necessary. As a a drunk person, but still as a drunk person, there's still a way to deal with. I'm not saying that's not. All I'm saying is, again, I'm going to teach my child, as I said plenty of times, how to make it home safely. But what happens when you're intoxicated? You know what I'm saying? When you're intoxicated, you make. You make ill decisions every when you're intoxicated. You're intoxicated. They're trained to deal with, and I don't care how y'all look at it. White people, when they are intoxicated, they are trained to deal with intoxication. They should be trained to deal with But what I am saying is, if if you're driving, can uh, you have your license and registration? Yes, sir. I'm gonna retort, sir. I'm just saying, do all you can. Yes, sir. No, I'm sir. Teach mine to do what you yes, sir. I mean, I'm not saying. I'm going to teach mine to do what you can. Right at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I still believe that there is still some. At some point, you might say this ain't the day, and everybody has a bad day, and I can't. And but that shouldn't mean that it's going to cost you your life because you have a bad day. It should be, but that, that's the thing. The system but I mean, isn't taking designed a for us. It's so, but we not. know that. You're taking like, a chance on your life. Not just saying try I mean, you just gotta know that. But I'm saying. But I'm not gonna teach my kids. I'm not gonna teach my kids. Just know that it's okay if today's your day. If today's your day, you had a bad day, and she your girlfriend pissed you off, now you wanna talk shit to all the junk, you know, No. I'm not saying that you should teach your kids that. That's never been a conversation that I've ever had. What I am saying is. That the police needs to be, we're civilians. They are police. And they're trained. They are trained. So, so here's the problem. There is the problem. The problem is we are holding ourselves accountable for what's something they should be holding themselves accountable for. Totally. And so, again, I don't, I don't disagree with none of the protests. I don't disagree with none of the, uh, the ideas of dismantling and rebuilding and recreating or whatever it is. I understand the state of where the police where the police are now, I will definitely teach my kids how to come home. I also understand that we are civilians who deal with everyday life and are not trained and should not be expected to be trained on how to deal with the police. The police should be trained on how to deal with us. And that's true. Again, but again, you ain't gonna just walk in your job and have a bad day and your manager say something you out of line and you're gonna be like, well, fuck you, you Mr. Boss. You might. You're not. You're gonna bite your motherfucking tongue. You might. It depends on how you... Your day, exactly. So that day, you better be okay with him telling your ass to go pack your shit up and get it in the box. 
And that day may be your day. And so here's the thing. You got to take your consequence to what it is, but your consequence should not be death. And it, it should be, but it shouldn't. And your day can be, and here's the other part to that. A lot of people aren't doing what old boy did yesterday. No, a lot of people aren't doing that. that. But I'm not saying today might be my day. Okay, so what I'm saying to you, I'm going to grab his taser. Okay, so he was intoxicated. That's different. What I'm saying is there are people who have those days, but also what has been more common and, and if you can say that, what's been uncommon is it ain't been your day. That you have done everything they've but asked totally, you to do. And that's a totally different situation. That's everything that they've asked but you to do. But you're talking about a totally different situation. No, I'm, I'm not telling you that, period. All situations should be, well, across the board, every situation should have somebody who's okay. trained who deals um, with it. Well, you itching to say something. Totally, what you got totally. to say? I'm looking at you because you can try to make eye contact with me. You know, was so if you got pulled over by the police, what would you do? Um, when we did get pulled over, when the police came to our house, when me and Alexia, remember when they, when all the police officers came, and we was just sitting outside the house or whatever, um, I just sat there. Like, hands on her dashboard, she had her hands on her steering wheel, and we just sat there, and we, like, we just sat there and, like, listened to them. Because they had their guns on us, and, I mean, we were scared. That's all, all we wanted to do was be able to come in the house. Like, exactly. Them to leave and us to be able to like come. And, and that's and the you thing. You was gonna do everything in your will just to yes. But you have to put your pride aside sometimes so that you can come in the house most, and you can most come in a different way. Most people are not. Most people are not. And the people that are dying, unfortunately, are not doing anything. So here's the thing. That's the truth. We always talk about the people who did something, right? Mm -hmm. We always want to point out the one of the fifteen who did something. Correctly, who shouldn't have reached for the taser? Who da da da? da we do that because that's what no, happens. No, that becomes the no, that's not what the conversation was. So but what I'm saying like is that becomes the conversation. But uh, that's not the conversation. So here's the thing. What you keep saying is if it's today might not be. No, I'm just day. saying. I just that pulled that, over. Today might not be. No, 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 no. What I said in response to what y'all were saying is that they should be trained to deal with us just as they deal with everyone else. They, they, there is a chance. I have watched video cameras of baby, the white person that took off running down the street. They take off running after them. They didn't kick, spit, and throw oh, shit. Yeah, they got knives in golf carts and, and some and, shit. So if you can figure out how to deal with them in those spaces, and you can figure run. out how to deal with somebody who's reaching for your taser. I'm is and I'm not saying that it's bad that you should not. Still going down the race. But listen, all it I'm saying is again, it's still going down the race. And all I'm saying is again, I still want my child to handle. And I do. I, I, and the same for me. I'm not saying that I don't. What I'm saying is that there definitely needs to be a change. And that just because you're in a bad mood and you don't address them the way they feel like you should, should not be an excuse for you for me to for you to kill me. Hell and no, even if my no. kids don't decide to be that person that day, I don't want that to be a death sentence for my kids. I don't want it to be, but all I'm saying is that for me, because I have children and I'm going to come home. It, I may come home, but all I know that at the end of the day, I'm going to do everything that I was supposed to do. Right? But even if you were not. doing something you were supposed no, to do, in most cases, cases, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I, I know what I did wrong. I don't want to watch the video of my child. In most cases. Reaching for the table. Okay, but here's the thing. Most cases, that's not the case. I'm not saying that. I'm going to just try to do what I'm supposed to do to come home, regardless if I come home. And I so the, the uproar isn't because... But I won't provoke nobody. But the uproar isn't because we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. The uproar is that no matter what you teach your kids, at this point,
they still aren't coming home. Absolutely. 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 We agree. We all agree with that. But, but what's the, I mean, I hate to say this on this, but what's the ratio? I don't know what the ratio is to what they're killing to how many people coming home. How many people is out there, I got my hands up, I'm not doing nothing, and police, like, they run, they stuff, probably harass them a little bit. I mean, it depends on what you see. That's what I'm saying. So that's the problem. So, so if you don't turn your camera on at that works. time, maybe. I, I feel like it works. Depends. depends. Up. I don't have nothing. I feel like it, it do work, but at the same time, it just depends on the officer that you come it by. Does, yeah. But you can't provoke every officer that you come by and expect. That's all I'm saying. And I don't think that I don't think that we're I don't think that we're doing that. I do not think that what's being put out there is that we are. And I don't want the the narrative to be that what what we're doing is provoking the police. I know plenty of people that are coming home. And a lot of people, a lot of times, what is happening isn't that we're provoking the police. What is happening is that the police are not properly trained, no matter whether you're provoking them or not, to deal with you. Look at the video.
So just like you said, there is a standard for you when you at work. Why is there not a standard for them when they're at work? But you're saying it's a standard. True, but it's also a standard. They're at work. No, it's not. I'm a civilian. They're on the clock. It's Yes, I'm a civilian. You You out there. Sebastian J. Sanders. 
I have a uh, business Facebook account at Sebastian Youth Principal Sanders. I'm on Twitter at Sebastian James, and I'm on LinkedIn at Sebastian Sanders as well. So what else do you want everybody to know about your like business or anything like that? Um, I know no, we got off on our list. Nah, it's not, yeah. <laughs> I enjoy a conversation like that, but um, you know, I'm just an open and honest person, always looking to network and help others grow and build. So, any ways that I can be of support, you know, I'm always going to be here to help my people. So, you know, just give me a call. I will. I will. I will definitely reach out to you. Okay. I have a nice All right. Day. So one of our um, listeners did want your contact information. Okay. So if you can go ahead and get that real quick. You want the uh, email or email, phone number, number okay. whatever you think is there. So my email is info at gmail com. And we'll post it as well. Do you have your Facebook? I mean, I post, I've posted his Instagram page on our Instagram page, but like, if you have a Facebook. I have a Facebook. Uh, let me put the, the exact name. We just made the account about two weeks ago. It's not a personal account. It's a business account. See, that's that uh, Generation X. Z. Oh, Z. Because Lydia didn't have a Facebook. <laughs> yeah, too many, too many of my friends, family on Facebook. I create a personal one. But it's... Uh, we have <laughs> Sebastian Youth Principal Sanders. Uh, Facebook. Okay. So we'll, we'll tag you. We'll tag you in it. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. So that, and then go from there. Okay. So, um, close this out. I'm not in the mood to do it today. I've been having to use the bathroom for like 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't. But, um, no, this was a good conversation, everybody. Um, you know, you, where you can reach us. We're on Seattle Hip Hop Radio. Monday and Friday, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. You can reach us on Gmail if you have any inquiries at mogat2018 at gmail.com. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor. We're on Anchor and YouTube. You can also go to our Facebook page, T Podcast. That's all one word. No, Mogat2 is one word in podcast. You can also reach us on Facebook. And also have our platform. Yes. Instagram. Okay. So that's where y'all can reach us. Can we get an email? I'll be sure. Okay. All right. I guess then we'll.